All right, you get goosebumps uh, thinking about another week of uh, college football. Good morning, everybody. Uh, great to be with you on this edition of the Morning Briefing. I'm Jeff DeForest, along with uh, young Henry Markin, who's uh, been really uh, just uh, dedicated to this program, getting up real early in the morning out in uh, California to get this thing done and in a magnificent and, uh, you know, very, very influential participant here on the show so far. Getting some good steam, uh, Henry, uh, here on the East Coast from my buddy. Say, hey, I like that Henry kid which is highly complimentary from uh, the kind of people that I hang out with uh, oh, yeah. who are uh, uh, very reluctant to uh, go ahead and uh, shout bouquets about virtually anybody. Uh, we do have to uh, congratulate the people that captured this uh, heinous criminal, this murderer that uh, was loose for about two weeks in Pennsylvania. I'm not sure if you've been following that story. Danello Cavalcanti was the uh, man's name. And it took him a couple of weeks. I mean, th- this was uh, shades of uh, the escape from Danamara as uh, Ben Stiller did a tremendous uh, job uh, documenting that uh, in a uh, dramatic portrayal of the escape. Uh, Richard Matt, David Sweat, they were on the lam for about, uh, what, three weeks uh, with zillions of people searching for them. A wild uh, Shawshank Redemption type of escape that they made from a prison that nobody, I mean, uh, even the guards couldn't get out of this place, uh, you know, with the key. It was incredible. And, uh, you know, that, that was a story that fascinated me. Uh, I, I don't know. Are you, are you fascinated by prison escape stories? Uh, they, they always interest me, uh, Henry. Uh, I, I don't know how many you followed, but, uh, you know, there have been many. There have been shows uh, about it. You had uh, series that, that were based on prison escapes. But uh, do you find yourself, I mean, even though there's no way to condone this, but do you find yourself a sort of uh, rooting, rooting for, the for the person? I was going to say the same thing. I mean, should we feel ashamed of that? I mean, I'm glad the guy was captured. Uh, this guy was, uh, you know, no bargain. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, you, you, I, I guess, <laughs> I, I guess the simple it's answer ugly. is it's ugly. And you're yeah. when you're watching a prison break show, like you're not rooting for the cops. Like you're no, you're those guys were the... innocent, of course, as everybody in prison is. But right, uh, yeah. I, yeah, I, I wasn't particularly rooting for this guy, but it is fascinating to see them uh, elude the law, like Fran Tarkenton uh, dodging a pass rush back in the days with the Minnesota Vikings, where he'd run like fifty yards backwards, circle. Yeah, around, I think it's a like a, I think it's like a, a, a quiet, like you know, like a two weeks. Okay, fuck. Yes, yeah. nice. certain fascination you. though. With yeah, that. right. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, of course, that Joyce Mitchell character. I mean, she was really something. In the escape from Danamar uh, deal, that yeah. uh, you know, she was trying to help these guys and uh, supposed to have a car there by the manhole cover. Uh, if she shows up, everything goes their way, but all of a sudden it's helter skelter. Aaron Rodgers is down, and here <laughs> comes Zach Wilson. But uh, what surprised me about this, I mean, the manner in which this guy escaped was incredible. And uh, being a Jewish kid, one of my biggest fears uh, in uh, growing up and going to school was when they would have gymnastics apparatus out in gym class because i'm not sure if this was characteristic of all jews it certainly was of me and, and my friends but uh, we we were horrible at this shit we couldn't do the parallel bars uh, rope climbing none of that stuff uh, was uh, you know anything that we had any talent or uh, aptitude for whatsoever so i used to bring the forged note from my mother that uh, said, uh, listen, coach, could you please excuse young Jeffrey from gym class today? He isn't feeling particularly well. And it was signed by my mother, although, you know, the signature was mine. And if they had compared that, well, I guess it would have been the same signature on those report cards that we used to have to have signed and brought back to school. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, you know, a, a, an easily detectable forgery. 
And the coach would look at it and just say, yeah, I write the force. You want to sit this one out? Uh, that's okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the way this guy, uh, crab walk, they were calling it, uh, his way out. Have you seen the video uh, of this uh, mm -hmm. Cavalcanti guy, how he got out of prison? Uh, okay, so there are two walls that are sort of close together. This guy's only like five feet tall. He looks like Billy Barty. <laughs> and he, he puts his hands on one wall and his feet on the other and walks his way out onto the rooftop where he then proceeds to go through uh, razor wire and all kinds of other contraptions that were designed to keep people inside. And uh, yet, I mean, when you watch the video of him uh, crab walking up this wall, you're thinking, who the hell could do this? Holy Harry Houdini. I mean, how did this guy have the strength uh, to be able to do this? And, and you know, never mind that he went undetected while he was doing it. He, he was out of there in seconds. How is that not the highlight play, the number one play? on the uh, ESPN Sports Center plays of the day. Mitch Gaylord couldn't do this, right? You, you could go to any gymnast, uh, that, that guy that was on the rings from Japan in, uh, what was that, the 1972 games where, where he has a broken leg and he's uh, you know, doing the Iron Cross. And finally, uh, you realize, oh, shit, this guy's got a dismount in this spot. And you know it's going to be painful. It was like watching Carrie Strug. But uh, how, how this guy wasn't the, the number one play on SportsCenter, uh, the way that he walked out of this thing, uh, incredible. And then uh, he dodged the cops for a couple of weeks. So uh, thank goodness uh, he is uh, back behind bars. He made the Anglin brothers escape from Alcatraz look like it was amateur night. I mean, uh, this was a pretty amazing stunt that this guy pulled. And let's hope they put him in a little bit more of a safer place. I was going to say, they yeah. can't just put him back in the same spot, right? you got to have to... Got to change it up so that he's not going to do the exact same thing, right? Yeah, I, I put him right next door to El Chapo, I think, in that uh, place where, uh, you know, it, it's like uh, Nick Cage and Face Off. Uh, your yeah, chances right. of getting out of there are <laughs> impossible. Uh, all right, um, I'm reading a story today uh, about uh, Alex Rodriguez. I, I don't – I understand, you know, with pop culture, uh, the fascination with uh, Alex Rodriguez. Uh, he's a good-looking guy. Uh, he uh, actually, uh, you know, some people would say that that have had more direct contact with him than I have. Uh, my son was uh, with a girl, one of his girlfriends uh, when he was uh, just out of college, uh, worked for A-Rod's company here. He has a real estate company in South Florida, and he couldn't have treated the people any better. Uh, a lot of people uh, do like this guy, uh, and yet it's hard to get by. I, I don't know that you have to be a baseball purist. Uh, I'm not sure what your feeling is about the uh, steroid era in Major League Baseball. You, you kind of grew up with that as the norm, mm -hmm. uh, did you not, Henry? I mean, uh, you know, me being old school, going back to, uh, yeah, is that Bernie Tabbitt's out there? Yeah, I, I see him. Uh, you know, I, I was watching Duke Snyder when he was young. So, uh, you know, we didn't know anything of steroids and cheating and, you know, the way that the uh, numbers, unfortunately, became bastardized in Major League Baseball and, and literally rendered years of history completely meaningless. But, you know, I mean, there are people, I'm not sure if your generation is more of the belief, it seems uh, that younger people I talk to go, well, well everybody was doing it. Uh, not, not that, uh, you know, that, that makes it okay, but uh, you should take that in consideration, that, that that was just what was going on at the time. And, and maybe allow a little bit of leeway in terms of Hall of Fame consideration and judging uh, ballplayers' accomplishments to say, uh, well, this was far from uncommon as evidenced by the fact that in this particular story, A-Rod, who was uh, going to some uh, clinic in Hialeah, 
which uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Hialeah, but uh, it's a kind of place where you can get uh, some kind of surgery done by an unlicensed doctor from Guam and right next door buy a suit in, at a duplex. <laughs> so <laughs> sort of a shady area of, uh, right. you know, the yeah. country, you would have to say. And uh, yet yeah, it has an illustrious history in sport. Uh, of course, with Hialeah Racetrack, one of my favorite uh, places to visit. And probably, I, I would say, when I got to Florida, that might have been the first place that I went. That and Hialeah. But uh, anyway, so he's going to this biogenics clinic in Hialeah. And uh, apparently, I mean, they're all online outside this place. And, uh, you know, it's like Manny Ramirez uh, has taken a number. Uh, you had uh, uh, Braun, uh, you know, took a number, the Hebrew hammer. And uh, you're saying, well, how many guys were doing this and how obvious was it? Um, and yet, I mean, ESPN's fascination with hiring guys that uh, were either complete frauds or, uh, you know, just, just scam artists, failures, uh, is amazing to me. How does this guy have a platform? I'm thinking, A-Rod, his next thing that he says that's interesting will be the first thing he said that was interesting as a commentator, right? Uh, do you see the the value? I, I mean, look, a, a recognizable face. Uh, the teeth are the size of Secretariat, but absolutely, uh, you know, the brightest pearly whites that you've ever seen. Smiles easily. Uh, I, I haven't heard him say anything of any great significance yet. And yet, uh, I mean, Fox is now hiring him away. He was already working for both networks, ESPN and Fox. What is the fascination with giving this guy a platform when... We saw him as he was being interviewed by Peter Gammons, which uh, a great career. You hate to tarnish the image of the great Peter Gammons, but, uh, you know, and a well-respected baseball writer and deservedly so, one of my favorites. And yet he's sitting there opposite A-Rod in a one-on-one -on -one interview where A-Rod's supposed to come clean. And Gammons goes, uh, uh, so A-Rod, uh, did you ever use performance-enhancing drugs? And A-Rod just looks at him and goes, no. And Gammons, this brilliant journalist, goes, okay, you know what? When you won the MVP in 19... It just blows right past it. Same thing with Katie Couric. Uh, why is it that people are willing to overlook this aspect of A-Rod's baseball career, which I think he might have been on the juice since he was in high school? He went to a place here called Westminster Academy, and uh, that school, you know, their team would get off the bus, and they all looked like Schwarzenegger. <laughs> This was uh, like 17-year-olds, so this may go way back. I mean, he might have been on the juice at birth. He may have uh, more juice in his system than, uh, you know, the, the entire crew of WWE wrestlers employed by Vince McMahon. McMahon! <laughs> Had to get one of those in there, right? right? You think when people show up at Vince's house, they knock on the door, and uh, when he opens it, they go, McMahon! Because <laughs> that, that's always the first thing. And uh, just a tip. If you're ever, uh, you know, uh, doing any kind of post-game interview, never let the player grab the mic. Once they have the microphone, you're finished. You're it, it only yeah. works in professional wrestling. Yeah, I mean, uh, you'll see Jim Gray, like, wrestling with a guy as Mike Tyson is trying to grab the microphone to uh, get off a series of expletives that would, uh, you know, maybe uh, be uh, edited on no filter. And, uh, you know, but if you let go of the microphone, whoosh, dead meat. I made that mistake one time and, uh, and that was it. I mean, uh, pretty much the gig was over uh, after that. But uh, yeah, how they uh, give this guy a platform when, uh, you know, just as outright of a cheat and then it turns out he was a rat too, which, you know, I mean, uh, certain people out there would think that this was the most heinous crime that you could ever commit. It's being a rat for sure. Hey, we don't want to have no rats here. 
So uh, he was the guy that uh, told uh, the feds about Ryan Braun and uh, Manny Ramirez and whoever else was involved in this thing. It turned out he was spending thousands of dollars every month on this uh, stuff that uh, was being uh, created there by Anthony Bosch, who who, uh, made Victor Conti look like uh, he, he was a lightweight. And it came to uh, distributing uh, uh, drugs uh, that were uh, performance enhancing to uh, the many players in Major League Baseball. It's always weird, too, when you see some skinny guy getting busted for steroids. There was a pitcher uh, here with the Marlins uh, and uh, then went on to other teams and a guy named Felix Heredia. And he weighed like 140 pounds. He was 6'2". And you're thinking, how could this guy possibly have been on the juice? Yet, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, does this make sense to you? The I mean, Mike Tannebaum, barrier of a couple of... Yes. Like literally, like uh, yes. he, he he buried two franchises in the NFL, and they're going, "Hey, Mike, what do you think about the move that the Chargers just made?" <laughs> You're like, "What would this guy know about that? Nothing." And right. uh, Arod, uh, you know, it just seems like you could find a more credible guy to pop up there as uh, your number one baseball analyst, and yet they fawn all over themselves to uh, get this guy uh, under contract. Uh, speaking of drugs, uh, just uh, sort of a side thing. I don't know. I, I'm sort of uh, trashing people today here on the show. Does it seem like I'm in a negative mood, uh, Henry? Maybe I needed to, uh, you know, calm down a little bit, get another oh, cup of coffee. Seem okay. You seem okay. I mean, between rooting for a prisoner that escaped to bashing the hell out of A-Ride for 20 <laughs> minutes, I think we're right on, uh, I think we're right we're on, on schedule. <laughs> we're on track, yeah. Uh, Simona Halep. I used to be a fan of Simona Halep, and I still am. I, I, I don't know uh, whether or not she's guilty of using uh, – uh, banned substances uh, on the tennis circuit. She just uh, received, in addition to whatever ban she was currently under, uh, another four-year suspension, which you would think has been around for a while. I mean, that, that essentially ends her career. Uh, the likelihood that she was going to come back after four years away and, and uh, come back to the kind of form she exhibited when she beat Serena at Wimbledon in the final in 2019 and was a factor in uh, many, many Grand Slam tournaments. Uh, I'm not sure how many titles she took down, but uh, Simona Halep, a real, real sharp player and uh, always a great competitor. Uh, but apparently, I, I don't know. I mean, is it definite uh, that, you know, she's guilty of these things? And is there possibly some uh, valid explanation? I mean, not the kind of thing you would get from Canelo Alvarez where he says, uh, yeah, I had a taco there on uh, Figueroa Boulevard, and uh, that was it, man. It was laced with some kind of meat that triggered a positive drug test. Uh, a little far-fetched. But uh, in Halep's case, I, I don't know that anything has been proven yet. I guess that they had uh, any number of uh, samples. But, but leave it to Serena Williams, uh, Henry, to immediately, and this is right out of the uh, whole concept of I spit on your grave. <laughs> like Halibut, nothing has been proven. She's appealing, uh, you know, and, and what does Serena come out with the right away on Instagram and people, zillions of people are like, yeah, Serena, you're right. That uh, they should strip her uh, like it was the World Boxing Council of her championship at Wimbledon and award the championship to Serena Williams, who would then have eight. And Serena's uh, text, the text, their content of her uh, Instagram post was that uh, eight would be a nice number. Like, 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 just hand me the fucking trophy. And I'm thinking, come on, Serena. I mean, I, I, th- this is a woman who, who was berating, uh, you know, the, these poor uh, volunteer uh, people that were making line calls and, and officials. I, I think uh, she sent uh, Naomi Osaka permanently into uh, psychiatric therapy after the way she reacted to losing uh, in the U.S. Open when she lost to Osaka. And Osaka was never the same. I saw a recent interview with her uh, on uh, 
uh, on the U.S. Open coverage, and uh, still you're wondering. I mean, is is this woman completely stable? She said she she found herself again. That that was all so, sort of uh, you know uh, brought on by by Serena Williams and the the outrageously ugly treatment uh, where she turned the whole crowd against this poor girl who was like 19 years old and was just coming into her own uh, as a tennis player, and it ended up uh, fairly accomplished if she never played again. Uh, she did win four slams, uh, Naomi Ozaki. So, uh, I, I mean, I, I would say that Serena had, had at least something to do with, with driving this woman off the cliff where she finally had to succumb to uh, whatever mental demons were in her head. I disagree. I think uh, one thing about tennis and yeah. golf specifically is those are those are the most independent sports probably out there on any yeah. field. And you really don't have any – you don't have any teammates you can – I, not just like blame, but sort of vent to and relate with. Like, I mean, football, you got 11 guys, you got 11 guys you're going to war with. You know, I would yeah. say you're probably the most mentally stable on a football team because you got 11 guys, 53 men roster that you can, you know, kind of count on to, to pick you up. Tennis, I mean, you don't even have a caddy. Your coach is in the stand. Well, no, they have their team, though. I mean, they'll have like, a, you know, half a dozen coaches now. Sure. Like but like, hitting but, partners, but, they have a whole traveling entourage. Yeah, but that's but that's way different than that's way different than getting a pick me up from Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady like after you drop a pass. Like yeah, if, uh, like that's if, possible. Yeah, they are usually it, uh, very. Uh, I mean, as self-critical as any athlete, so right, almost yeah. to the point of being. Uh, I mean, look, you see a lot of psychotic behavior exhibited even by the greats. Novak Djokovic will start screaming at his box in Serbian, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you're waiting. Uh, Do they have an interpreter there? I, I don't know what he's saying, but it doesn't sound like uh, he's very happy. No, anyway, I, I've just never been a fan of Serena being a sore loser. That, that's uh, not denying her accomplishments. I'm not a fool. I, I'm not going to go skip Bayless and say LeBron sucks. But uh, no, I, I, great admiration for what she did as a player and the way she came about it. And you would just hope that she would be a little more gracious. And, you know, a lot of these guys, I mean, these defeats are crushing, but they're, they're always very humble and are able to compose themselves uh, with the exception of Serena, who was always a sore loser. And naturally, this poor Simona Halep, who's nobody is going to give a flying one about, except maybe her immediate family and her coaching staff. But, uh, you know, to, to immediately jump and just dive on the pile there and, and spit right. on her grave like that, I, I thought was very typical of uh, a, a sort of classless uh, Serena. But by, by the way, uh, have you ever seen... Serena or any of these other people, speaking of tennis, Rafael Nadal now is trying to convince you that when he's hungry, he goes to Subway. Have you ever seen any athlete of any <laughs> distinction coming out of a Subway with one of those phony tuna sandwiches that they make? Oh, I was thinking about that yesterday to be, to be in fact. I, no, and and that, that has to be the biggest cash grab an athlete can do is, I mean, they made that joke in, in – in Happy Gilmore, right when, yeah. when he when he was on the when he was on the ropes, and he need to he need the money, the three hundred fifty thousand to buy his grandma's house back. He said, "I got to do a subway commercial." And boom, <laughs> one, one commercial, he was back on track in the green. That's it. I I don't I don't see any nutritional value in for a professional athlete to go to Subway. Well, especially I, Tom Brady. I mean, this guy had his own nutritional guru, and yeah. that Belichick hated like poison on the team plane. Examining think, everything that they brought to Tommy Boy to eat. I think the subway money pays for the private chef money, and maybe and so. Steph Curry kept, would he be in a subway? 
No, no. These guys are trying to win an MVP. They're not going to get a a two week old uh, tuna on ice sandwich or or the it's not uh, even tuna. It's carp. I mean, they found yeah. this thing in some <laughs> pond somewhere. I mean, what kind of tuna is swimming in fresh water? Get out. I of mean, here. I mean, the meatball is effectively cat. There's, there's no, there's yeah. no, and, I, and uh, you know, when you go in there and that doesn't look anything like when Steph Curry shows up, uh, you know, wow. it, it's, uh, you no. know, some, some girl that uh, seems absolutely indifferent to the fact that you've been standing there for 20 minutes uh, is on her cell phone while she's, uh, you know, doing her nails. And they're not even a foot long. Like they're like maybe yeah. nine, nine and a half inches. Like if they're a like, foot long, I'm a foot long. Right. As I exactly. mentioned before, I'm Jewish. I don't mean the. Get into ugly, stereotypical type of stuff here, people. I mean, uh, I have it from experience. Uh, no, I, I, that's as far-fetched. Uh, I mean, it was one thing they had. What was it? Jared was the guy that uh, turned out to be some kind yeah, of pedophile or whatever. That's their I mean, face they man. had no luck. No, with, uh, you know, with endorsers, uh, and and this is the most unbelievable advertising campaign in the history of the medium and uh, the genre uh, where you're actually thinking that uh, Serena might have had a few of those before she came out for that U.S. Open. Uh, she looked like she had put on a few. She was pregnant, was she not? No, I don't think she was pregnant then, but uh, she was dressed like the fabulous moolah. I mean, uh, that was my favorite aspect of it. Okay. Here I go. More digs at Serena Williams, the great Serena <laughs> Williams. I didn't, mean to, I didn't mean to push a button there on, on that one, uh, Henry. Uh, all right, uh, tonight we have football. Uh, Eagles, six and a half. Favorites over Minnesota. That that line may be uh, yesterday's news tomorrow. Mm. I got it out of my New York Post. Do you have it at six and a hook? The Eagles and Minnesota. The Vikings off to their customary, uh, what the hell is wrong with them kind of start. I, I don't know that anybody anticipated that they were going to be great this year. And, and there's always debate about Kirk Cousins. Is Kirk Cousins just a, you know, a, a pumped up version of Bobby Brister? Uh, is he a viable quarterback? Can you can you win championships with this guy? You hear this debated on sports talk shows all the time. I, I don't I don't know why his name would be so prominent in football conversations. There's just wild debate about whether Kirk Cousins is any good. I don't know. What do you think? Is Kirk Cousins any good? He's okay. He's okay, but I mean, as you said, we we put him on this pedestal for God knows why. He got his own Netflix show next to Patrick Mahomes, and everyone is going gaga over the guy he's he's just fine i actually am placing my survivor pick bet on the eagles tonight oh wow are you you familiar with the eagles tonight yes in a a tough spot well i is it that tough they're at home they're at home and it's um, a night game kirk cousins has diarrhea run down his leg every time he plays (laughs) when the sun goes down i feel like it's a no-brainer six and a hook and all the other games, I'm not gonna. I am you, not. You don't have to. Do you have to factor in the spread in your survivor pool, or is it just no, straight up winner? Just okay. straight up win, but you can't use the same team twice. I am right. not taking the Bills against the Raiders. That is a trap game. I think everyone. No, that, that one. I every, wouldn't trust the Bills. Everyone is going to look at the Bills like it's a bounce yeah. back game. No, I think this is a. I think we're we're on deck for a catastrophic season in Buffalo. I bet you the Raiders fucking beat the Bills in Buffalo. The Bills may be a team that sends a lot of people into therapy this year, uh, much in the same sense that, uh, you know, you're, you're married for a while and it hasn't gone well since the beginning. Right. And you decide to go and seek out some therapy. And my experience <laughs> with that, I mean, not to, uh, you know, negate uh, people that have benefited from it, but my experience sure. with it was that uh, it, you would be in a worse fight leaving the therapist than you ever experienced that led you to go there in the first place. To the point where, like, I mean, it's possible to get hit in the head with a cell phone. And that was back in the days when, like, a cell phone was a brick like they had on my right. device. Hey, crack it. Go get this guy. 
here. Like, who can even lift that phone? That's it, a brick. It's incredible. That's and, brain uh, trauma. That's yeah, it, it, it always worked in reverse for me. It, <laughs> it really did. But uh, yeah, I mean, cousins in Minnesota, that they will send you into uh, that same kind of fit that you might have with the Buffalo Bills this year. Who, I mean, was that loss to the Jets not more of an indication? I know you want to anoint uh, Zach Wilson as a second coming to Joe Willie, which is I fine, do. and I hope you're right. But, I mean, uh, was that not one of those indicators that, that maybe all of this baloney that was circulating about the Buffalo Bills that we tend to shrug our shoulders, yeah, yeah, that's just stuff that's been swirling around in the media about Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. Maybe that there was some validity to it because um, they could be a team that uh, does just absolutely abysmally bad this year, just based on that one game. I, I don't know. They're going to have to uh, change a lot of things uh, to uh, get better this week and well, uh, what, beat uh, Las Vegas? The, the thing about the Bills is you talk about they got to change a lot. They didn't change at all this offseason. I mean, it's the same roster, if not worse. They didn't have a run game last year. That was a yeah. big part of why their offense was so easy to corner. It looks like that their run game actually got worse, and now Josh Allen is – who's usually never running for his life yeah. trying to get yards until like week eight. He was doing that week one. He wasn't sliding. He's not going to make it to week eight. No, no. He's going to look like Woody Allen by you know, week eight. If oh, he's boy. Like this, so. That's uh, pretty ugly. Yeah. A anyway, uh, so we have the Eagles. You're you're sort of guaranteeing a victory tonight with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Eagles, uh, Jalen Hurts uh, was okay in the, in the first week. Uh, they were up 16 nothing. On the New England Patriots, the final was 25-20. Patriots come back. Mac Jones had a lot of yards, mm -hmm. although uh, he, he threw over 50 passes in the game. And, uh, yeah, what was he? He was 35 for 54, uh, 316 yards. Uh, they, they closed the gap at the end. Uh, I believe the Patriots might have scored the last 10 points uh, to go from, like, 25-10 to 25-20. Uh, an indication that uh, what uh, you know the the teams like Philadelphia that had lost the Super Bowl we mentioned were uh, four and nineteen against the spread in the first week of the ensuing season. So there was a trend there where the team that was coming out of a Super Bowl defeat uh, did not really get off the mark quickly in uh, in uh, the following year. Uh, I, I I tend to agree with you. I I don't like Minnesota for some reason. Mm -hmm. I root against them in every game. I, I just they, they've been such a bitter disappointment. Anytime I've been forced to back them uh, for one reason or another, uh, I always come up short. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, and I would think Philly at home at night coming back. Everybody wants to see, you know, uh, do they have the stuff to come back and, and uh, you know, maybe rightfully win a Super Bowl that it looked mm -hmm. like they were well in a position to do. It appeared they had the superior team, both sides of the ball, uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Mahomes notwithstanding. And uh, Hertz has a, has a really big game, except for, you know, what, one big mistake? One fumble. That was all yeah. that did it. And, and, and otherwise, they're, they're the champions. Uh, so uh, I, I think I, I'm going to be with you on this one. I, I'm going to mm -hmm. lay the six in a hook and uh, and figure that, uh, you know, that, that, that comeback by uh, uh, the Patriots was a little bit of an illusion. Uh, Mac Jones, a uh, lot of people, I mean, the, the debate is largely negative in, in terms of uh, where people weigh in on Mac Jones. I think even Belichick would rather have Sam Jones, the ex-Celtic, who uh, may rest in peace <laughs> at quarterback than Mac Jones. But, um, you know, I mean, uh, Belichick, one thing about him, even though 
you know, he hasn't necessarily been winning without Tom Brady. Uh, I, I don't think you can discount him. Uh, I, I believe he is among the better game day coaches, especially in devising defensive schemes. So Yes, uh, of course. So maybe, uh, you know, that was partly in play. And uh, Philadelphia has a field day tonight against a Minnesota team that is always a bunch of underachieving dogs. So, so I'm with you on that. Uh, the college scene, uh, we have a game tonight involving the University of Miami off to a very illustrious 2-0 start. There was, uh, you know, a lot of question about Mario Cristobal, who came in as the coach from Oregon. Had a lousy year last year. Uh, showed ineptitude that uh, was at a level you could have never anticipated if you were a witness to uh, two great decades of dominance by the Hurricane football team. But that was, Henry, a long time ago. And we've been through a series of schmink coaches and situations and uh, people uh, that, that were, you know, trying to figure out what was wrong with the football program. They haven't been able to get it back on track. Much like, I, I don't know, would you say USC is back? They haven't won any championships. When I lived in California, USC was invincible. And then for some reason, even with all of those great high school recruits that you can pluck from uh, the L.A. area where high school football is what? I mean, it's almost on a pro level. It's uh, that sophisticated. Um, you would think they would never ha have a drop-off, and yet they did. Uh, after my man John Robinson left there, they, they weren't the same for many years. Uh, would you consider them back on track now, Ooh. USC, the Trojans? Uh, they're, they're clobbering all of these cupcakes early in the season. We, we don't know what they'll do when they're challenged. I think they'd like to think so. I don't know if the program is, like, back, back to, like, where it's Bama, where, you know, you're kind of – you're kind of like you, you learn who the quarterback is week two, but yeah. you're, you're already penciling them in for a national championship before the season starts. I think because they have Caleb Williams, they are most definitely a contender. Like they, they just are. He is the yeah. best player in college football. I think he's – listen, I, I really like uh, Shador Sanders. I think I think he's great, but I think that defense is – god awful and and has a lot of holes to figure out and i think usc is a little bit more put together um i, I think usc could actually win a championship this year i think there's like seven teams all those top seven teams that are that are very much uh you know within ability to to win a championship even texas who is probably yep. back yeah, as well good. yeah yeah i uh my only concern is that USC's defense is weaker than an OJ Simpson alibi. Uh, it's just, it's very, very suspect at best. Uh, what, what do you mean you were home the whole time, Juice? Where were you? Um, uh, the clubbing of seals, though, uh, I, I'm, you know, just absolutely repulsed by uh, these kind of games. Yeah, I the understand games are rough. what Super they're rough uh, there for, for. Yeah, I mean, uh, the PETA people should investigate this one. Bethune Cookman. University of Miami. I didn't even see a line on the game. There is no line. line. They haven't even put it out yet because I feel like you can't put out minus 75. And <laughs> a half. Yeah, you just have to wonder if Cristobal is uh, evil enough to press those buttons thinking that score differential might someday uh, make a difference in uh, whether or not he makes it into the college football playoffs. So Georgia, FSU, Bama, Notre Dame, Michigan, all blowout uh, opposition uh, on mm -hmm. the table for them this week. So uh, as you were saying, Henry, maybe the worst uh, week of college football in terms of uh, marquee matchups. And, There's not and a finally, ranked matchup. Yeah. There's nothing ranked. We don't have one ranked matchup this weekend. It's fucking yeah. bullshit. Yeah. But you'll still be betting your money, which is great. Oh, of course. So, uh, Absolutely. You know, take the points uh, every yeah. game. Just take the points and hope for the best. Uh, uh, this Mel Tucker thing, uh, I, I just wanted to make a comment on that because uh, 
you know, it, it's it's a bizarre story. I guess has he actually been fired yet? Mel Tucker, Michigan State coach, under investigation, which he says, uh, you know, we've heard this term uh, quite a bit tossed around in political circles, uh, is uh, sort of a witch hunt. I, I don't know. They gave him this big fat contract and the results really don't look like they're going to come close to measuring up to the amount of money, 95 million, 10 years from Mel Tucker. So uh, maybe there's some sentiment there if you're a conspiracy theorist to believe that. Uh, uh, what exactly was this woman talking about? Uh, now, if the Internet was around when I was a kid, I don't mind making this admission. I would have masturbated myself to death. So I, I am, you know. Certainly not one to be, you know, an advocate for holding back in, in that regard. Uh, but, uh, you know, you're on a phone call. You're the head coach of a uh, major college football program. You have $95 million on the table. Some of that you would have to think is based on uh, behavior and, and character uh, in terms of there has to be a clause in there somewhere that says, uh, don't jerk off on the phone while you're talking to somebody who eventually is going to turn around and, uh, you know, trigger an investigation right. uh <laughs> weird i mean you know uh, peewee herman uh, you know that that was uh the he, he seemed to have the adulation of many but i mean okay so and he was in a place where you would think maybe all right guys in like a triple x theater so uh, it, you can sort of see where you know one thing might lead to another uh that jeff tubin guy on cnn he, he was uh, masturbating while he was on a a conference call uh, back in the uh, COVID when, when COVID hit. Uh, and now uh, what would, I, I don't know, Henry, I mean, uh, does doing this show, it, it wouldn't strike the urge to just all of a sudden like whip it out, would it? I, How crazy I, yeah. is that? I always hear, you, you always hear these, like, it's like, oh, he was like caught like masturbating in the school parking yeah. lot. It's like, what, why? What? what, what yes, exactly. Where, 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 why? Like, you couldn't make it home. You couldn't even <laughs> wait till you got to the bathroom or to get a light a candle or something. Like, what the fuck are you doing? It's a parking lot, yeah, or a theater, or on the phone. Like, imagine nice. if she doesn't. Yeah. Imagine if she doesn't pick up. So then you're just you're just you're just feeding the geese to like the sound <laughs> of like a like a ringing machine. Like, what? They, they, I doing? mean, they have those numbers. I don't know if they're still in existence. Not we who do have the internet, but uh, prior to that, you used to be able to call some nine hundred number. Uh, have I, some uh, girl like a snake charmer just talk you right through it. Yeah, for as about a nine ninety nine a minute. As a twenty three year old ex college student who, you know, had had his fair share of, I guess, alone time in college. Yeah. Um, why the fuck are you doing anything involving anyone else in that activity? Yeah. That is fucking crazy. It's ugly when this stuff surfaces. I mean, yeah, it happened with horrible. Marv Albert, the great Marv Albert. He's in like uh, pantyhose and the yeah, fishnet stockings the f- with some Jesus woman. Christ. Uh, she rats him out. Oscar De La Hoya in high heels. Are you kidding me? You think if Fernando Vargas knew about that ten- the tendency of his, that, that he, he wouldn't have taunted him all throughout the build up to uh, their, their uh, fight. Uh, yeah, I mean, it happens, but but embarrassing. Well, I mean, among the worst ways that you could lose a job, isn't it? It's that, so uh, awful. Udoka with the Celtics, we don't know what actually transpired there. I mean, we've seen it many times. Patino, my man Rick Patino, got away with slam dunking that girl in the Italian restaurant on that uh, table uh, after the, the owner throws him the keys and says, it's all yours, Rick. Still an admirable moment in the sexual right. exploit history. But uh, this, it seems a little cheap. That's all. Uh, and, uh, you know. I, I'm not sure what 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 the outcome will be, but uh, it, it does seem odd the timing of the whole thing, and uh, that the woman would have you know not just have hung up, no, would that not have been the easy solution to it all? 
I, I would think so. All right, uh, so you're going Philadelphia tonight. I'm going to lay the six and a hook with Philadelphia. We will have some selections for you tomorrow from expert handicappers uh, here on the program. So uh, right. that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I have a few guys that uh, do another show with me, and eventually will be participating with us on No Filter on License to Steal uh, when we get that together. But uh, th these guys are great uh, from a variety of different angles. They attack handicapping these games, and uh, we'll have some steam on the college and the pro games uh, coming up on tomorrow's edition of the morning briefing. Sorry to keep you uh, so long here. Uh, we, we just got to uh, yakking, and and that was it, uh, Henry. Uh, are you game for tomorrow? You're, you're ready to come back, and uh, I would imagine your fans will see you, what, on No Filter later on today? Oh, I'm game. I, yeah, I, I mean, if you got a professional handicapper coming on tomorrow, holy shit! I maybe I'll just shut up and I'll just, I'll just. Oh no, it doesn't mean they're always right. No, I, I don't oh. think they're going to come on this show, but uh, we'll have their selections. Oh, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. that's still pretty good. It's. I mean, look, if a guy hits sixty percent, he, he's doing well. You know, high fifties is enough to make you a winner if you are capable of grinding it out and and you're not inclined to go crazy, which. You know, with this new in-game betting and all of the different options that there are, uh, I don't know. Is anybody playing it straight anymore? Seems pretty uh, pedestrian. All right. Uh, we'll see you next time. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, glad you guys could join us here for uh, today's edition. For uh, Henry Markin, I'm Jeff DeForest of The Morning Briefing.